Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Gold Coats and Guns podcast for today, July 31st, 2021. My name is Tom Luongo and we have a lot to talk about. This is episode 80 and I want to talk about the trouble with policing and I'm also going to introduce kind of a new format here as well. So we're going to get to that in just a minute, but I want to remind you all that you can follow me at my work, my blog at tomluongo.me. You can follow me on Twitter at TFL. 1728. Live streams, they happen every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Odyssey, and DLive.tv. Just search for me on those platforms and you'll find me. Warning, I'm a bad boy. I've got a potty mouth and I use those words and sentences. Now, lastly, you can join the nearly 900 people who support me directly on Patreon at Patreon slash Gold, Goats, and Guns, where you can sign up for exclusive commentary and twice-weekly video market reports covering the current events and technical states of important markets. You can also go for the whole ball of wax by signing up for the Gold, Goats, and Guns monthly newsletter, which ties up all the cultural, geopolitical, and economic shifts and trends into a coherent portfolio strategy designed to help you make sense of a world going mad. Okay. As I promised as I said at the outset, I want to shake the format up here a little bit. I've been talking to various people and, and getting feedback from a variety of listeners and they want more content. And some of you like the spoken word more than you like the written word. So I've been toying with these ideas for a long time about how to do this. What's the best way? Because the podcast has really evolved into one of two things, either a long form interview with a guest or a scripted exclusive commentary from me that usually lasts between 25 and 35 minutes. Well, there's also another kind of podcast that can be done, which is, of course, me reading the printed articles from the blog, which should take anywhere from five, seven to 10 minutes. And so you can listen to those in the car. You can do what you want with them. But this is just another way of making sure that everybody who wants to consume the content can. So we're going to try this. All of these will be labeled the short takes. So in the title of this, it will this will be episode 80, short take, and then the name of the article. And that's how I'm going to label these so you know what you're in for, figure 15 minutes max. Okay, so today, the article that we're going to read is Problems with the FBI Start at Home. I know this will come as no shock to most of the libertarian-minded in the audience, but the police are not your friends. And I sincerely wish that wasn't the case, but the curious case of Tucker Carlson and the FBI tells us this is true. The idea of the community-based constable on patrol, or COP, 
Keeping tabs on what's happening locally and assisting in basic crime prevention today is a comfortable lie we tell ourselves still exists as a coping mechanism for denying the police state we actually live in. There is a fundamental difference between law enforcement and crime prevention. The two ideas could not be more diametrically opposed. One builds community strength, crime prevention, while the other one actively undermines it law enforcement. And that's one of the real problems we face in unpacking the problems of modern policing, which is itself a bluff where one arrest can keep a thousand people in line. The recent interview with Serda Trifkovich over at Chronicles Magazine is another prime example of somebody properly connecting the dots as to where the root causes of the societal function in the U.S. and, well, most of the rest of the world, lies. Quote, right after the 2015 terrorist attack by two Islamists in Garland, Texas, CNN itself accused the FBI of directly encouraging the perpetrators to act upon their jihadist ideas. The same method was applied two years later to a mentally unstable pizza delivery man, Khalil Abu Rayyan, in Dearborn, Michigan. In other words, FBI agents routinely goad individuals into committing crimes solely in order to turn them into dangerous villains who were stopped in their tracks by the vigilant agency and sentenced many years in prison. Such ploys, of course, justify the agency's very existence, making it look like it really is preventing terrorist attacks. This apparatus and this scenario, actively seeking out potential perpetrators of crimes in order to control them and then arrest them, is no longer used against potential jihadists. The members of extremist groups within the Islamic community in the U.S. are no longer interesting. The target has shifted to white Americans who support Donald Trump and who are therefore a priori suspicious as would-be quote, homegrown terrorists and extremists. In this context, the very fact that you are white, heterosexual male, and in addition, a practicing Christian, especially if you belong to an evangelical denomination, makes you suspicious and potentially liable to surveillance. Now, let me add that just two weeks ago, the FBI directly asked Americans in a tweet and later on its website to spy and report on their neighbors, co-workers, and even family members for so-called suspicious behaviors potentially conducive to what is called homegrown violent extremism, unquote. Great, great passage. And he's absolutely right. These practices by the FBI are sold to us every day on television and the media as the highest evolution of crime prevention, but they are hardly that at all. And I know this will rankle the law enforcement officers in the audience because the world is just so damn dangerous. I've heard this excuse from multiple generations of police now. It started with my father struggling with this transition from crime prevention officer or constable on patrol to a law enforcement officer while he worked for the NYPD and became the basic text of endless conversations with family and friends, both law enforcement officer and law enforcement officer adjacent for the past 25 years. But this practice is anything but crime prevention. It is nothing more than law enforcement dressed up as crime prevention to enforce laws which any rational reading of the Constitution are unconstitutional. For example, drug enforcement, and therefore serve a straw man argument to justify immoral and unethical behavior. This conversion from crime prevention to law enforcement came as a response to the breakdown of society thanks to the very overreach of government itself, be it prohibition, the enforcement of labor and environmental laws, to now literally anything some Karen and the Burbs can dream up as a hobgoblin he, she feels entitled to be protected from, all of them have advanced the thin blue line. The centralization of policing and the corruption of law enforcement officers is as natural a consequence of this as night following day. And yet, we still have this quaint notion that we are still free. 
that the cops work for us and the FBI isn't terminally corrupt as an organization, even if individual members are not. Like with all discussions of this nature, there is a critique of the institution itself and what we expect of it and the men and women asked to implement that system. So, of course, there are good people working within modern law enforcement agencies. I've met many of them. I'm happy to separate the sin from the sinner in the hope that when the time is right, those good people within the FBI, county sheriff's office, or even child protective services bureaucracies will do the right thing and back the people over the institution. But that is, well, if I'm being completely honest, a vain hope rather than a sober look at the reality of the situation. If government is efficient at anything, it is in the creation of petty tyrants. So the controversy surrounding Tucker Carlson's going public with the attempts to marginalize him by the federales speaks to the heart of the divide between modern conservatives and libertarians in this area. Fox News conservatives are mostly the progeny of William Buckley conservatives who were slowly but surely asked to transfer their allegiance from their local community and local policing to that of the country and its police force in the name of the Cold War and the Culture War, a war supposedly of ideology against godless commies. But Buckley himself, however, was a CIA asset, so this should come as no shock to anyone that he would be the point man to subvert two generations of conservatives into sycophants for interventionist foreign policy and increased draconian law enforcement at home. Conservatives hate chaos, after all. Their conscientiousness in the big five pillars of personality sense can be weaponized easily to fight chaos and was, especially after 9-11. And from where this, quote, libertarian sits, more on that later, the CIA versus the KGB was really just two communist factions duking it out for control of the global narrative. We're still fighting commies today, and some of them are in our intelligence agencies who just went after one of the only popular voices in corporate media not down with the common turn. Because of the influence of Buckley and the massive financial support of DC think tanks, as well as the undermining and marginalization of Rothbardian and Misesian libertarians, i.e., the takeover of Cato Institution by the supposedly libertarian Koch brothers, there is still this reflexive defense of all policing by conservatives, which has intensified thanks to the Democrats' backing of the looting and rioting of BLM slash Antifa last summer, which was used as a psychological weapon to divide people further. Quickly lost in all the verbiage surrounding George Floyd was the acknowledgement by everyone that there is something fundamentally wrong with militarized policing methods. Everyone wanted to have that conversation, but that was the one conversation we were expressly not allowed to have. And when you're not allowed to talk about something, that's your clue that that is the goal of the exercise. This centralization in the hands of law enforcement and no longer vested in the citizens themselves policing their communities has corrupted the souls of cops while simultaneously prepping the, the people psychologically for infinite aggression on their part in any encounter. Do you, by the way, go into any encounter with modern policemen of any variety with anything other than dread? Shouldn't you take your Miranda rights very seriously? I mean, after all, anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. But at the same time, the police are just responding to the increased threat of violence and the increased bluff calling by ne'er-do-wells as to whether the police actually have control of the streets or not. These folks are increasingly asked to be put in obscenely dangerous situations with their hands tied behind their back. So I do sympathize and, again, am questioning the political and social apparatuses which place them in those positions in the first place, not the behavior of the men and women themselves. These are, after all, real people with real emotions and limits to their self-control and all the deficiencies and strengths that we all have. 
The truth is that they never did have control over the streets. We did through our support of them, but lazily transferred it to them over time and expected somehow for those who rule them not to abuse that power. Is this really all the cops' fault, or are we scapegoating them for our own failures and weaknesses? At the same time, if they are not focused on solving our problems locally and serve a higher, more centralized authority, then why are we surprised when the bond between them and the community is broken and we devolve into the situation we are in today, a society based on fear rather than respect? And that breakdown of relations can easily be turned against the police, even the good one, into a society-destroying mind virus like we have today, where dindus and disaffected children and black bloc run around spouting abcab rhetoric, spitting in the faces of people who still think they're protecting and serving. This is why the support for secession in the United States is rising rapidly, because secession is a state of mind, not a political process. Opting out of the state's violence isn't just a choice, it's a necessity if we are to regain our sanity and our composure. People want control back over their communities. The good cops want to protect their jurisdictions and the people under their care, not operate in some globally focused, politicized headspace. In the end, however, secession of this sort is just another coping mechanism to objectify and shadow project our own failings to protect our local communities rather than take responsibility for what we actually allowed to happen. This is why the alt-right is wrong to characterize all libertarians as libertarians. They are still fundamentally unwilling to accept that the state grows out of our desire of community, but does not and cannot do anything other than corrupt that community because of its monopoly on the use of force. In the end, they are just the flip side, no matter how well considered or constructed their arguments, of the SJW left. Their unwillingness to engage honestly on this issue makes them as irrelevant as the open borders at all costs libertarians they make fun of. It's truly just two Leninist emotional cripples beating each other with crutches South Park style. Meanwhile, the FBI intentionally creating political headlines is the highest form of police corruption one can think of. It's in the realm of the East German Stasi, but with the paranoia taking on the active role to advance the agenda of traitors to the country who were placed in the highest civilian offices by foreign powers. And it was the libertarians of the stripe ignored by both the alt-right and the hard left that made the hard arguments about how defense is produced and how communities are maintained who held the answers all along. Destroy Leviathan, attack it at its core, expect nothing from the police other than pain, but be gracious and accepting when you get assistance. End public property. Stop allowing the exporting of crime to peaceful neighborhoods through those public roads you make fun of us about for criticizing for the convenience of a fucking Walmart or a strip mall. This is the conclusion we can no longer avoid in 2021. Because as this situation gets worked, which it is happening, the police and the law enforcement officers will come to see themselves as the final arbiters of truth and they will be encouraged to exercise the power to destroy anyone they want since that's what their bosses want. They are already faced with enforcing unjustifiable abrogations of our medical privacy and basic civil rights in the name of a dubious public health demands by self-serving politicians. And so far, we have yet to see them crack. What will it look like tomorrow or next year? History tells us that many will support this for no other reason than we won't give them a reason not to. All cops aren't bastards any more than any of us are all bastards. But the potential exists within all men to unleash their worst aspects of themselves under extreme conditions. Theirs is not a power anyone should wield, even the most high-minded and moral of men under these circumstances. I watched my father struggle with it the entire time I was growing up. It won't matter whether those men will hate themselves for what they've done. They will still do it and beat themselves up later.
I welcome all current law enforcement, law enforcement adjacent people into this community of those wanting to rebuild what was lost. They have unbelievable knowledge and expertise on how to do this right and do it wrong. But it starts by both sides recognizing the other's humanity and saying no the right way at the right time. The smart libertarian always said no one sees corruption like a government employee. The dumb ones just hoisted their Gadsden flags and damned everyone with their insufferable self-righteousness. It's time to really address the corruption of police and ourselves. It's time to face down our fears and get back to work, rebuilding what's been taken from us, our dignity and our security. And it's time to realize that the last thing we need is more law enforcement and to prioritize the prevention of future crimes against humanity itself. I still agree with every word of that. I think I will agree with every word of that until I die. This is the dividing argument between conservatives and libertarians today. It's been done on purpose to divide us. We already know where the divisions are between the quote-unquote sovereigntist right and the open borders left. It does not matter. But you have to realize that it is the nature and the problem of policing and the corruption of it that is driving most, if not all, of the divisions between all of the factions that just want our lives restored. And until we do that, until we bury that hatchet, until we are capable of seeing systemically what the problems are with public property, public policing, and public governance, until we accept that into our hearts, these problems will continue in perpetuity. Well, this has been the Gold, Goats, and Guns podcast for today, July 31st, 2021. If you liked what you heard today, give me a like, give me a subscribe. If you didn't like what you heard today, lambaste me in the comments. I am happy to take the slings and arrows on this, especially on this particular issue. I will be back soon with something similar, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. You guys be well. You take care. You have a great weekend. Keep your stick on the ice.